right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to finally catch up on some off-season news. We have had plenty of interviews lately that have curtailed us from this. It's a good problem to have, but we are going to take an all-encompassing look at what has been happening in Iowa State Athletics the past four weeks. And as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse, support our boy Ben, for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. And also introducing for the summer, some frozen cocktails, $4 frozen cocktails. This includes pina coladas, strawberry daiquiris, margaritas, Miami vices, and their new drink called the blue pina colada. Someone's going to have to let me know how that tastes. It kind of looks like an adios in the mix of a, a pina colada. So that, that could, that could get you nice and messed up, which is pretty great. Also happy pride month. They are proud to unveil one of their new beers called the phantasm which is a prideful ale and of course they still have wing wednesday mugs on thursday fac deals on friday deals 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 just head on over to bnc fieldhouse support our boy ben especially if you like this podcast he's been doing a lot for us and without further ado we will get into some of our off-season news with iowa state so do we want to go negative first or positive because i can go both directions here Let's do negative. Wow. Wow. Ralph is like, let's, let's do negative. Okay. Ralph's Ralph is fired up. So, (laughs) okay. So Texas has defeated Iowa state two different times. Not actually not in sports. I know not in sports actually. Yeah. Not being a good school. Yes, but their money has definitely spoken louder than ours. And um, Tyreek Milton transferred to Texas, which is, you know, it's kind it of is what it is. It is what it is. I think um, Tyreek, what I loved about him was he was just such a big play threat. But uh, admittedly, I think he kind of thrived when we had that Hakeem Butler, Deshante Jones type wide receiver core, and he kind of flew in as a great wide receiver three. I think um, injuries might have prevented him from getting to where we wanted him to go. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it, it, I love Tariq. I just thought he was super electric. But, um, yeah, Texas, man. I mean, he literally scored a touchdown against Texas. So it's, it's like I guess, I guess if, if you're beating them so much, you just want to see if you can go on the other side and be the difference maker there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Tyreek one, I don't think, especially him transferring, wasn't one that came as too much of a shock to, you know, Cyclone Nation. He'd been struggling with injuries and and, and playing time, and obviously our, our wide receiver room is, is one that we're still – it's pretty wide open, I think, into this upcoming year, but maybe a change of scenery is just something that might be best for, for Tyreek, you know, kind of based on how – how things have been going and, and whatnot here as well. So obviously going to Texas, like we don't want anyone to go to Texas, like Horn Sound, mm-hmm. most annoying school in the big 12 by far going to the sec. Like we all the hate rich. Texas. We all hate Tax Texas. The rich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eat the rich, um, all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so I, I mean, I mean, that one's like, it was kind of a bummer, but it was like, you knew he was going to kind of leave and it, it doesn't have as big of an impact as maybe the other one, you know? So, but do you want to say it, it? You say it. I don't, I'll say it. Cause yeah. I mean, obviously Tyrese is going to Texas and that one, that one's just tough, man. Get off the bandaid. Yeah. That one's, that yeah. One you know, 
And and they posted a video, Texas men's basketball posted a video of Tyrese just like meeting up with the squad with coach beard and the entire roster. And it was, it, I, I truly felt like the ex-boyfriend, you know, creeping on his, you know, ex's social media page and seeing that, Oh, Oh, so this, this woman who, who I loved so dearly broke my heart, left me. I didn't want her to leave me, but she left me and immediately finds a more successful man um, who's probably better looking. Let's be honest here, but who's just really douchey and just a bad person. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you know what, as much as I want to wish you well, I hope you don't find happiness. I don't, I want you to be miserable together. And um, eventually I wanted to end in a big old dumpster fire but if I know Tyrese, I mean, he's going to make it work anywhere. So, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a tough one. I, I mean, we talked about it when he obviously entered the transfer portal. And that was kind of the last time we talked about this. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, anyone but Kansas or Texas, please. Like, like that, was, that, was, that was the hope, was just not Kansas and Texas. And lo and behold, he's putting up the horns and shit like that. And, it, and it's just, it, it's hard. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, we obviously had a, an amazing freshman year with him. Like he, I've said a million times on this podcast. I love the way he played point guard. Uh, he grinded out everything defensively. He's just a, like a bulldog. He's notorious. And, you know, you really like, I think Iowa state and Cyclonation in general, like really got behind him and, and loved to, you know, like games they took over and his play style and, and what he brought to the team. We just, we really loved. And so it's just tough, you know, it's like, you want to root for him because yeah, it was, it was great. But at the same time, it's like, you don't want to root for him because he just went to Texas, you know, it's just like go somewhere else and I'll cheer you on, but you cannot go to, like we said, the most annoying team in the big 12. Like, like, I don't think there's a team that I root for to do worse in the big 12 in every sport, like collectively than Texas, because one, they're annoying mm-hmm. as shit and they think they were on the conference and they're going to leave the conference too. That's the other thing. Like Oklahoma's now entered that realm where I, I hate Oklahoma now. And two, it's just like, yeah, they have all the money, the resources, and they always kind of fall flat on their face, which is funny as shit. So like, I can't, I can't be rooting for that when they take a resource that we had and then they're going to try and, mm-hmm. you know, not even develop it. Like, like, we, you know, so I don't know. I it's, I will not be rooting for him for at least two games this year. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, you're correct. I was honestly surprised that he chose Texas though. I think it must be a little bit of that NIL money speaking to him. Let's just be a honest lot, here. A lot of that NIL money speaking to him. Oh yeah. Dude. Also Chris Beard is like just so hateable. Like, yeah, at least you know, I, I made that. And oh, yeah, like I made the ex boyfriend joke earlier It's basically like, you know, that wealthy man. Yeah. Maybe he's a good looking dude, but he's just an asshole and everyone yeah. hates him, but him and his posse. And the only reason his posse doesn't hate him is because they're getting paid to not hate him to maybe boost up his image. So he has someone that doesn't hate him. That's who he is. That's Chris Beard. He just joined that. Oh, so it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, man. Um, to move on though, um, Omaha by Lou and I hate talking about recruits until they're committed. But we did crack the top four for him. He's an in-state dude. Um, like, I think I think he's, like, top ten overall for his class. So, please, please, Omaha by Lou. Like, we're not desperate, but, dear God, please come. We need you. Um, you'd start right away, make a difference, because 
crystal ball that everyone thought that AJ Green was coming to <laughs> Iowa State left us actually with blue balls instead. Uh, so that was uh, literally I, when I say that I try to not let my bias conflate like how I'm interpreting something to land. I was so wrong there. Like I actually thought it was a, almost a done deal that AJ Green was coming to Iowa State. Obviously, I knew he was kind of waiting to the very bitter last second. Um, but you know what? I'm just in a bitter mood right now. I, I hope he um, doesn't even get drafted, which isn't going to happen. I mean, he's probably going to get drafted. That's what um, I'm saying. And I he hope his entire draft career promise. flops. Yeah, no, no he, but he's going to have a terrible career because he didn't uh, choose Iowa State. So. <laughs> So that's that's where we land with everything. Um, I have a no, comment I'm on kidding. it. Yeah, I'm go for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, I remember one of our first offseason podcasts. I made the comment of we might have potentially an Isaiah Brockington, Tyrese Hunter, and <laughs> AJ Green backcourt this upcoming year if Brockington decides to use his COVID eligibility and come back for a year. And lo and behold. Strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out of here. They're all out of here. We have none of them. Yeah, all of them. Every single one. What do we do? Like, what do we do, man? We got Eli King and Taman Lipsy who are going to come in, and I think they could be immediate starters. Um, we got Caleb Grill. Like I said, we got Grill Master. Dude, um, Gabe, dude um, what the Gabe. fuck, man? We have the most important player to the I do. <laughs> and you don't even listen first? What the fuck? <laughs> I was waiting to get to him. I hope you know that. No, you I would have never left him. <laughs> I was not. Oh, and we did get um, I'm gonna butcher his name. Osun Osuniyi. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, oh I, no, big man, rim protector. He's gonna be pretty good for us. I don't think he's gonna be an immediate starter. We do have our most important player in Alias Kunch. Um yeah, you don't we don't need those guys anyway. I mean, did we really need Tyrese Hunter and Isaiah Brockington at the end of the day when we had lights out three-point shooter and Caleb Grill and offensive lethal weapon and Gabe Kalsher, a most important player, not in the court, but in the entire basketball realm in Alias Kunch? Forget them. We don't need them. We never wanted them anyway. Yeah, I'm no. kidding. Yeah, we 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 really could have used them. Yeah. Um, in other news. Kai Black, Urbandale wide receiver, committed to Iowa State. So that was pretty, it's pretty cool, I guess. Last Urbandale wide receiver worked out well for us. So I like that. That's a, it's a good little, good little twist. I like the positivity. Matt Campbell's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> there has not been a lot of good additions the past four weeks. Um, not not trying to bash on Osana. It's just what we lost sucks. It does. Let's just yeah, call it like yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, but, um, I mean, just whatever. the, the we'll, not we'll getting the AJ Green one was just so rough because it was one of those that it, it was like obviously we were counting our chickens before they hatch, but this was like the chicken had basically popped off its entire head and beak and then like jumped out of our basket as soon as it hatched or something. Like it was like actually <laughs> no, I got a draft promise one hour before i was going to come into iowa state so i'm not coming here anymore you are not going to get the missouri valley conference two-time player of the year who averages 20 plus points um a game to be on your team and yeah that was that was pretty rough <laughs> my gosh yeah and, well, and his ads on the staff 
<laughs> like, like it was just like everything was in. And this is this is why I tell everyone that being an Iowa State fan is the worst fucking thing that you can do to anyone. Like, if you have kids and you raise them to be Iowa State fans, you should be charged with whatever therapy. Like you, you would be paying for their therapy and like traumatic incident incident incidents that they will be going through while watching Iowa State sports and being a fan because it fucking sucks. It, it is so rough. Well, to, to, to turn the tables a little bit here, at least we're not Texas A&M and Nick Saban because that was the funniest offseason college football drama I've seen in years. Um, did you see that press conference? With I think it was Jimbo Fisher and his assistant coach just calling out Nick Saban on everything he did. It was it was literally the most hilarious, unbelievable thing I ever saw. Like when I was watching, I was like, I couldn't believe what they were saying because what they were doing was basically incriminating themselves Each other. while yeah. also incriminating <laughs> Nick Saban. <laughs> they're like, like Nick Saban did this, this, and that. And basically they're they're like, and we didn't do anything about it. Like everyone turned a blind eye it, and just kind of let him do whatever. <laughs> it's like um if you had siblings and stuff growing up and you got caught taking like a cookie or something or snack when you weren't supposed to. And then your parents turned to you and you're like, what are you doing? And you're like, yeah, yeah. But my older brother also took one too. Like, shouldn't you punish <laughs> yeah. him? Like, that's what it turned into. And then it's just like, and then the older brother, like, it's like, Oh shit. Like I, I did. And he did too. And we're both in the, like, it, it's just one of those of, um, it's a double foul. Yeah. It's like each other out is what they're hoping. There's no winners in it like everyone knows that the sec has had like money like they drop off money uh, like all of those big programs have been doing that shit forever and now it's much easier to do that because there are no rules because ncaa doesn't know how to function as an organization they are legitimately probably the worst sports organization along with like fifa and stuff because fifa is just corrupt as shit but anyways ncaa terrible terribly run but yeah it's it's there's bag men all this kind of stuff and it was basically like yeah i have bag men but so does nick saban like <laughs> it's like dude and the thing also, is like nothing's gonna happen like that is that's not no like, oh definitely not they'll hear the that NCAA like, doing something maybe had one bag man and then they'll give us a penalty or they'll hear that like oklahoma state had a bag man at one point and they'll give them a penalty because like they get they actually get penalized for some reason yeah oklahoma state <laughs> they really, like kansas has way worse basketball recruiting violations with bill self and oklahoma state has missed like lost scholarships and been suspended <laughs> from like the postseason and kansas just won a national title <laughs> so there's this one time i went to a t-pain concert Okay, and um, there was this cat fight going on. It was one of the first and only cat fights I've ever seen, right? And um, there was just hair pulling, scratching, and everything. And then um, right before the bouncer came in, and there was like a circle forming around them, right? And um, right as the bouncer came in, the girls just dispersed. And the bouncer was kind of like looking around like, oh, where'd they go? Where'd they go? And this random bystander dude, who was taking a video of it was just like, Oh, I think they went over there. And the bouncer's like, nah, you're coming with me. And he just kicks out the dude that was just like taking the video. And it's like, I mean, the two people that are actually causing the fight, you know, should probably be the ones punished, but instead you're just going to take the guy who like, maybe was just, you know, throwing fuel to the fire by taking a video of it. It's like, you didn't need to do it. That's Oklahoma state. Yeah. <laughs> they're just sitting there like, what the hell? I, I just got punished. Why? <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, what what the hell is with parody? Why are we all talking about parody? I haven't heard of that word since Weird Al Yankovic blew up in the 2000s. Like, why are we all talking about parody and why are we all trying to act like it ever existed in college football? Like, it is always Notre Dame kind of, um, Ohio State mainly, Alabama mainly, uh, and just Clemson mainly. Like, there is no two different spellings of parody. (laughs) The Weird Al one is parody. P-A-R-O-D-Y. No, that was my clever joke. That was the joke. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. That I was wasn't a clever sure. joke. All right. I clearly, sure. you, clearly it didn't land. That I was laughing because I thought it was pretty fucking dumb, but I just, I wanted to make sure. I mean, it was supposed to be a dumb joke, but no, I do know okay. the two differences. Right. Right. Um, okay, okay. This, this kind of just ruined my, my what, I was, what I was That's trying funny. to say here, though. There's but, never been parody in college football. No, there's not. There's, there's, there's never there's, been parody. No. There never will be. There's there's gonna be less parody now, like because you can do more illegal things out in the open, and then you can also do illegal things and poach players openly. Like that's the other thing. It's like it is just open season for good athletes. Case in point, Tyrese Hunter. Yeah, I love how Nick Saban was like, "I never said they did anything wrong." <laughs> like after he was trying to apologize for stepping in it, and the reporters like, "Well, I mean, you literally said." that they bought all of their players and he was just like hey i never said they did anything wrong (laughs) it's like well you can infer something without directly saying it so but whatever he's the best college football coach of all time so he's just gonna get any leash he can and honestly i hate to say that um he's probably earned that leash he's very good oh yeah yeah. coach he is a very good coach and i actually i hate to I'm probably wrong when I say this, but I really do believe that Alabama is one of those very rare blue bloods that actually doesn't really pay recruits. Like I think the recruiting is so good. There's so much value to go to Alabama as a football player that they don't really need to pay. I really don't think so. I I think they have to pay the going rate, um, but they don't have to exceed it is is the way that I said, because at the end of the day, I can believe that Nick Saban will just be like, I'll match and I'm your coach and I'll get you to the NFL. So like, it's your choice. You know, you want to go to whatever Florida state who will match and has boosters, but like your coaches, I don't even know who's Florida state's coaches. Cause they switched it like every year for the last three years. Like have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> like you want to go to the NFL in four years, you can come here. Like that's simple. What if Brock, Purdy committed to Alabama. I, I actually I want to create like a what if special episode on just going through a bunch of you know what if this were to happen and just kind of going down the timeline on how the butterfly effect could and would take place. And I mean that would be a very interesting one because if Purdy committed to Alabama, Real Mitchell would have been our starting QB more than likely, and that could have been a completely different offense, very different. Very, very different. Much more leaning into the run game versus the pass game. I don't know. I We can dive into the woods on that some other time, but I really do want to go through just like an entire what-if segment on kind of what could take place if certain things happen. Like, like what if Brian Spangler made the layup in the Big 12 championship? Another reminder that Ryan Spangler missed that layup. That was hilarious, right? <laughs> it's because of those tattoos. Yeah all that ink just weighing down his arm. Yep. Um, okay. Moving on. Should we talk a little NBA? We can. 
Okay. Yeah. Before we get into Warriors Celtics, I, I also did see have report... fancy baseball too. Oh, we we can't miss that. It's been four no, weeks. Yeah. yeah. I, the people <laughs> okay. are like, "What is going on?" I don't know how to run my fantasy team right now. They're like, "I've lost oh. every single week the last four weeks." Um. But apparently, Taylor Horton Tucker is considered an untouchable player in a trade unless they can get a package around him to also bring in an all-star. So I love that little caveat. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Taylor Horton Tucker, no, you guys are not touching him. Unless, of course, you would give us your three role players and your all-star, and then we'll send you THD. And I'm like, yeah, there you go, LA. Have your boys back, even though you're definitely not under, you know, a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, definitely LA. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. The Russ experiment did not work out, and Anthony Davis is spends half of his season on crutches. So yeah. And LeBron, <laughs> and LeBron James LeBron's is still really fucking good and just like he's okay. really good. <laughs> he is very good. <laughs> we are witnessing it, like I don't know. You always want to say like it's like it's like the different like generational or once in a lifetime but it is actually kind of wild how consistently dominant he has been for so long and he's also been super healthy like think about how that man has never had i think what was it his first year in la he had a hamstring or groin that he like tore and he missed like 20 games that was like the most the most games he's ever missed in a season and it's like, holy shit, to log the minutes and do the things that he's done and to like always be like a pinnacle of health is just it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a LeBron hater, but I don't really like LeBron. Um, I, I, I like MJ's play style more, but I always have been on the plane of I think LeBron's the GOAT if you got to give it to anyone as much as I don't want to admit that. But um, it's really impressive what he's done just as – the prophecy essentially assumed into, you know, the league. And not only did he meet those expectations, but he exceeded them. And what he did, you know, coming into the league, kind of acting as a power forward, even a center at times, just playing kind of boom, boom, boom basketball and really just developing a different skill set with the shooting, his passing. So he can play to as long as he has and stay healthy for as long as he has this is really just impressive. I mean, usually you come into the NBA, you have one strength and you might have some weaknesses and yeah, you want to work on your weaknesses, but you lean into your strength. That's how you become as dominant as you become. That was Shaq. You know, that was um, in a way, Steph Curry in a shooting, you lean into what you're good at. Very rarely do you see a player completely transform the way they play. So that way they can play longer and stay healthier. So what he's done is just stupid. It is ridiculous what that man has, has accomplished in the NBA, but I'm, I'm not saying anything new that you guys don't know. I mean, this is, he's just, he's a stud. What can you say? He really is. It's um, we're lucky to be able to watch it. Like I, I feel like he's the player that I've like grown up watching pretty consistently since I just have started watching sports and whatnot. And it's just, I, it's, it's the same thing of like, I like LeBron way more than like, tom brady but i've gotten to this point with tom too where it's just like it's so damn impressive to be competing at that age and level and that consistency that you just like have to tip your cap to him yeah no kidding um but to talk about the warriors versus boston celtics 
Um, who, who do you like in it? We're, we're facing a one, one series. Um, Warriors blue, like, what was that? Like a, a, a 15 point lead in the fourth quarter ended up losing by 12 with like a 40 point. They dropped like 42 points in the fourth quarter. Just something stupid like that. They hit they like 12 threes, game 13 threes or something. The Celtics did as well. Yeah. Um, and Al Horford, like, yeah, I think he nailed six threes in the fourth quarter. And on the adverse end of that, um, Steph Curry nailed six threes in the first quarter. So yeah, yeah. it was just wild. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Sorry. Um, I, I honestly, I, I, I thought the Warriors were going to win heading into it. And I think the, the big advantage obviously the Celtics have is youth and more athleticism, but I, I thought the Warriors experience and being a team that's been there and done that should like provide them that boost. I don't feel as confident in it, but I, I still think I'm going to lean the Warriors just a little bit still because of those, those things, but like, God damn it. Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown are, are very good. Al Horford he's been he's been playing for a while too and, and he is still just very very good um I think he's 36 yeah he's, he's pretty old um and and he's still i mean he's making some great defensive plays all this kind of stuff and and yeah i i, th- I think that i think the warriors just are gonna have a little bit more offensive firepower and and they they just do those runs that kind of sometimes it's like one they're always in every game you know no matter what and two it's like they can also kind of always bury you as well you know it's mm-hmm. like they're they have the notion of like the third quarter warriors because of that so i i i'm gonna lean golden state a little bit but i think it's gonna be a really good series because i think both of these teams have like good strengths that they can easily lean into and carry them. And it, you know, it would not surprise me if Boston wins it in, in six or seven or if the Warriors win it in six and seven, but I think we're going to get some pretty competitive games for the most part. Hey, I agree. I hate to be boring and kind of say what you were going to say, but uh, I think Boston Celtics have the better overall team. I think the Warriors have a more lethal playing style though. However, Boston, from a consistency standpoint, I think can make most every game close, even though they did just, you know, they were more blown out than the Warriors, I would say. But, um, you know, their defense is just so outstanding. And they have enough offensive pieces to get the ball rolling. Jason Tatum, even on bad games, he's proving that he doesn't even need to have, like, game one, he had, like, I think maybe 20 points. Um, 12 points. It was like three of 17 shooting in, in the first game. Yeah. But just crazy. Yeah. It, and honestly, I think that's, that's scary. The fact that they can win without him is, is what scares me. And I think um the Warriors are so reliant on the three point shot and Steph is Steph and he's going to be Steph. And so I'm not concerned about him. Clay Thompson, I think is really dropping the ball. And I know this because my dumbass bets on Clay Thompson nailing four, three pointers a game. And I have not once landed that bet. <laughs> he doesn't oh. even get close. I think he had one game all playoffs where he actually, I think, nailed like four, you know, more than three, excuse me, more than four three-pointers. Don't don't stat check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's something close to that. And I even on the defensive end of things where he usually shows up, he hasn't been what he was. And I know he's coming off an injury. Um, so hopefully, I hope he gets better for next year. Like I hope, you know, this isn't his decline, but it's truly look like it is and Draymond isn't the same player that he was and so really if if the if the Warriors aren't hitting their shots I think it's a really easy 
matchup for the Celtics to kind of just clean up. Um, but again, it's the Warriors, and they're very similar to the Chiefs in the sense that they have the touchdown play. They can just get hot like that, and there's no rhyme or reason on it. So we'll see. Can I give you a really disrespectful take? Sure. <laughs> These are not the two best teams in the NBA. And I honestly want to say, I don't even know if it's close. I think a healthy Bucks team and a Phoenix Suns team that doesn't drop the ball to Luka Doncic and the Mavs are probably the two best teams in the league. I just, I can't get my mind off that. I think the, I, I agree with the Bucks take because I think, like Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And like we saw last year, he was able to take them to a title, but you lose a guy like Chris Milton. It's tough. You can't, you can't win a title going solo. It's impossible. Like, and it's, it's always Even very Jordan funny. Even is Pippen. Pippen, yeah, Pippen. Pippen's a fucking hall of famer. And so is Dennis Rodman. He played with two exactly. hall of famers. Like it's always ridiculous that those sort of like, that's like the story that gets told back then. Um, and so it's the same thing. Like Giannis doesn't have Chris Milton, who's an all-star and a really good number two guy. And it just, it changes the dynamic of your team. It's, it's just, it's really hard to overcome. Any of these teams lose their number two. They're not making it as far as uh, even the Bucks did. And the Bucks put up a good ass fight. So I would agree. I think yeah. the Bucks. I don't know about the Suns, man. Like Chris Paul has a history of just choking. Like it's, it's how it's his, it's, it's, what they do, what he does, teams that he leads and, and plays for, he just he hasn't won the big one. And like I hate that narrative because like there are a lot of factors that go into it. But sometimes like the narrative does ring a little true of like you can get a little, you know, nervous in the spotlight and, and shrink. So but I, I don't I don't I, and I think the a healthy warriors is, is right up there of the it's kind of the best mm-hmm. Western conference team you know so but okay. I, I do kind of agree with the bucks i i would even maybe say that like you could say that the bucks and celtics are made two of the best teams you know but i think the warriors are up there as well like i think from a talent perspective i'd probably rather have the celtics but like from a like you said i think the way you said the play style of the warriors like they just have that the chief style of like yeah the touchdown play i i like that analogy mm-hmm. so and they've I been there like um, that experience means so much they've been to in the finals, six of the last eight years. Like, that goes so far. Okay, so I want to backpedal. I said the Phoenix Suns, and, I'm, and right when I said that, I'm like, I, I do still believe that the Phoenix Suns, if they were to play the Warriors, they'd probably get them four of seven. I don't know about that, but I do feel confident on this. A And people are going to hate me for this. I guess a healthy, <laughs> No. A healthy Lakers team, I think we almost have to acknowledge they did – clean up when they were healthy they had the benefit of the bubble so they could, could get everyone healthy going into the playoffs and so they called a mickey mouse championship which i do kind of understand because to some degree you the have opposite to players have said the bubble is harder to win a champion like this the games were harder because like dudes are just focused on basketball there and like true it was harder to like play and like whatever i i I was like listening to interviews on that shit and that's what a lot of people are like you cannot be discounting the bubble championship because like this shit is a lot harder because we're all in the same dynamic the same arena like the mental toll it takes on you all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff it's a lot harder to do that than the with the regular season like you're separated from your family like things like that like way harder technically speaking the lakers who won it all first of all they cleaned up like no one even came i don't think they had a single series that went seven games. I think yeah. everything was done before six or, or six or before. 
And so we have to acknowledge that a healthy Lakers team is very well, maybe the best team in the league. They have LeBron James. Don't count them out. I mean, I agree. I think Giannis is the best in the league right now, but I think I would take LeBron, AD, and the rest of their healthy supporting cast to beat Giannis and Middleton and their healthy supporting cast. But that's not the reality we're in right now. We have like, that's why I always say as a GM, you have to factor into health as much as I hate it because I am a very pro player guy, but when it comes to contracts and just building a team, you have to bank on reliability and availability. And we know that Anthony Davis availability. Exactly. And Anthony Davis is unavailable unless he has the benefit of getting healthy before the playoffs and having a bubble like that. So I think um, you could argue if, if I'm playing in a perfect world and every single person is playing at their most healthy, I think you would see the LA Lakers versus the Milwaukee Bucks in the championship. And I know the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. So you got to get one thing done, but um, yeah, that's just my hot take there. So that thank is you for not take. roasting me. Yeah, I'm going to disagree you. with it. I'm going to disagree with it, but I, I don't, oh, you're not totally the, pushing back. I think the rust dynamic really like messed with that team too. He was awful this year. Yes. So he was I don't know. I think LeBron's going to try and get his way out of the LA or something. Something's got to go. Cause like he can't keep wasting this shit. So <laughs> Okay. Um, before we get to your fantasy baseball takes, just a quick little update. Sorry, Jaquan Bailey and LaMichael Petway. They are out of the USFL playoffs. EJ Bibbs and Tungamoa are still desperately clawing for the last spots. Uh, it'll either be the New Orleans Breaker or the Tampa Bay Bandits for the um, final fourth spot in the playoffs. So hopefully EJ and Tungamoa can actually uh, sneak in there. So do we want to do a little back crack and move you into your fantasy baseball takes? Yeah, let's let's boogie. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, <laughs> Jacob Newton. Do, do you want me to do it again? I can do a better one. No, that was good. Okay, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Newton. Wow. I feel special. Um, all right. I got I got two two fancy baseball takes for you. My first one here is a great bat. He's got a decent amount of pop and power. He bats leadoff, so he should produce some runs. And he's actually pretty pretty quick on the bags, and he can get you some steals, which is a, a sneaky good category to get pickups in. And that is Christopher Morrell of the Chicago Cubs. He has right now second, third, and outfield eligibility in Yahoo, which is very convenient as he can play the middle infield, corner infield, and outfield spots in your lineup. He's been batting leadoff for the Cubs since he got brought up 21 games ago, and he also has been on base in all 21 games to start his uh in his time with the cubs he is getting rostered pretty highly i've had him no no big deal i've had him for a couple like over a week now but um he is he's been killing it and he should be in a, a pretty decent cubs lineup that also gets to play against a very abysmal pirates and reds teams uh very frequently since they're in that division together so I'll go snag Christopher Morrell if you if you need help in some of those categories. You need steals, um, runs. Could be a great addition to your team. Um, and then I got a sneaky starting pitcher here. We got Graham Ashcraft from the Reds. Um, but he's really started well um, in his big league career. He's had four starts, and he has a 1.14 ERA, 0.85 whip, um, and three wins in his four starts. So, 
He's been doing pretty well. His Ks are a little bit lower, but as a, a fancy starting pitcher, he does a great job with the ratios. The Reds have been allowing him to go at least six innings, so he's getting eligible for saves and quality starts as well if you play in a quality starts league. Um, and right now he's he's only 30% rostered, so he could be a, a great addition and someone that you can you play week in and week out or, or matchup-based as well, but um, he's on the Reds. That's the only unfortunate thing, but – those are my, my two recommendations for some waiver wire help. And, and hopefully that can help you guys out as we uh, are getting in the swing of things here in our fancy baseball season. So. Good deal. Um, tell me how I can acquire someone like. You can't even think of a baseball player. <laughs> You know Justin Verlander? <laughs> yes, Justin Verlander. <laughs> um, no, that was well, great. you probably can't acquire. I think him. that was your best segment yet. Thank you. I'm getting better. <laughs> um, okay. Can I can I one more minute on something? So I've had it up to here with Big Game Boomer. It's clickbait. I know it's clickbait. You know, if you just send out a list, it's gonna get a lot of interaction. We know this, we do it, we're guilty of it. Putting us in the least 15 passionate. least passionate fan bases. I admit, it got me riled up. It did exactly what he wanted it to happen. And it also just, like, came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, this is, like, I usually kind of have a hunch that he does the very bare minimum when just, like, selecting these lists. But at this point, I don't even think he does a bare minimum. I think he just sends them out. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is going to rifle some feathers. And he, he's, he's got me. He's got me wrapped around his finger like this. So um, big game boomer has got a big doo-doo in his pants. Um, yeah, but I, I'm always going to look at his list. I hate to say it. Look, it's the off season. It's the Twitter off season. There's what else are you going to do besides get riled up about hypotheticals about your fan base's passion? You know, like, yep. I'm actually going to create a list right now. Tonight I will send out a list on some of our social media platform, you know, get ready for one list a week at the very least one list a week. And that is our episode for you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Anything from you, Newt? Roll clones, baby.